Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptistchurch.org. You know how there is, um, you may not even be able to put specific words to it, but Certain times, certain seasons, certain days even require certain songs. And if you have been listening to a song, and yesterday it was great and you loved it, but for whatever reason, if it's shifted today and that song comes on, it's just wrong. Doesn't matter. It just, nope, nope, I got to skip it. That's not right. Well, uh, like many of you all, my guess would be in our house and in our cars, uh, it's been Christmas music lately. And on Friday, as Sarah and I were both uh, waiting to pick up the kids, um, I realized, I remembered that uh, a song that was not a Christmas song had come up in sort of my social media feed, and I thought, oh, I want to listen to that. And so I said, hey, I want to listen to this song. And then before I realized what I said, I go, wait, you know what? I don't think you're going to like it. And so I'll just listen to it later. And Sarah goes, what do you mean I'm not going to like it? And she goes, I I like all kinds of music. I have very diverse tastes. I I really don't think this is going to be for you. Well, at this point, like, you know, she's not backing down. Like, play it. Play it right now. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to love it. Okay, are you sure? Yes, of course I'm sure. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and with their song, Let the Circle Be Unbroken. Sarah was not. And so I start playing it, and i not even like exaggerating preacher story. It's not 10 seconds that she goes, oh, nope, uh-uh, no, no, this is, no. No, and she puts a hand on my arm and goes, I love you, but you have to stop this. You cannot keep playing this. I was like, what? what? She was like, nope, this is wrong. This is wrong. I said, well, maybe the kids will like it. I am not forcing our kids to listen to this. It's like, first of all, that hurt, that's hurtful. But it made me think about that sense of the kind of songs that resonate in different times resonate for all sorts of different reasons. And obviously right now, uh, we are preparing and getting ourselves ready for Christmas. So the Christian year is, works a little bit differently. It's not a school year, it's not a sports calendar year, it's not a January through December year. For you know, hundreds, thousands of years, the Christian year has operated differently. And the whole point of the Christian year is to live in such a way so that time itself is even shepherding you closer to God. So the Christian year starts this Sunday. Happy New Year's Day. That's where we are today because the season of Advent is the start of the Christian year. So Advent is a very, uh, if, if you aren't familiar with it, uh, at the surface of it, it can seem very confusing because Advent is two things at the same time. One is it's a season of already. 
And you see that everywhere around. You see it with our nativity sets. You see it with Christmas trees. You see it with all the different things that we do. You hear about it in the songs we sing. You see all the ways uh, in which we are getting ready to tell again the story of Jesus' birth. And we tell it in all kinds of different ways. All ages tell it. But it's a season of already that we are getting ready and gearing up to tell this story again. Now, why? So many of us know it by heart. Why do we tell it again? Well, because every year we are flooded with more and more and more. More stuff, more things, more conversations, more arguments, just more, more, more. And Advent is a season to stop and to prepare, not just our church, but our lives. So that when Christmas happens, when the baby is born, it's not just one more thing. It's not one more thing we have to get through. It's not, okay, i got to make it through Tuesday and then everyone will leave my house and finally there will be peace. It is joyous and a celebration. That is what we are preparing for. So in one sense, Advent is already, but at the same time, seemingly contradictorily, it is also not yet. Because Advent is not just the season where we are celebrating and preparing so that we can tell a story that's already happening, and already happened, but we prepare because Jesus coming as a baby wasn't the end. We anticipate and prepare for Jesus' return, for Jesus to make all things right, for that passage in Revelation that we read that talks about that for those who love God, the kingdom of God being ushered in will look like God being our neighbor. And there will be no pain, no tears, no death, no crying. All of that will be gone, and it will be pure bliss and perfection forever. That is what we are anticipating and looking towards. It is the season of already and not yet. So how do, we, how do we do that? How do we get ready? Well, our sermon series for the next four Sundays is called Songs of Christmas. And we are going to look at four different accounts right around the birth of Jesus where people seemingly burst into song because they are so overwhelmed by what is happening. They're so overwhelmed by the story. And I think as we pay attention to this, as we really sort of dig in and try and understand these, these four specific encounters, we can see and hear what God may be doing to invite us to be prepared for Christmas in our own heart and in our own lives. So today, let's talk about Zechariah. Now, in the passage in uh, Luke chapter 1, way before what we read and heard this morning, uh, you have Zechariah. And Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were faithful followers of God. He was a priest, uh, and they had been uh, praying for years and years, decades even, for a baby. And it never happened. Now, the way that it worked in uh, Israel is that you had all these different divisions of priests. And they would work on a rotation schedule of being able to come up and to help lead worship in the temple in Jerusalem. This was a huge honor. And even among those who were invited to help lead worship, there were some that were selected to do the best and the most glorious parts of the worship. And Zechariah was one of those. And in the midst of him leading this specific worship, an angel shows up. And an angel shows up and says, Zechariah, 
I've got great news. I've got incredible news. Your prayers have been heard, and they've been answered. Elizabeth, your wife, is going to have a baby. And that's not even the most incredible part. The most incredible part is that baby is going to be the new Elijah. Now, in uh, the Old Testament, Elijah was this incredible prophet who was seen as a hero, and the, the prophets that came after pointed to there would be a new prophet that would rise up that would point the way to the Messiah. The Messiah was the one that they had been praying for every day, multiple times a day, their whole lives. They were desperate for the Messiah to show up. And before the Messiah came, Elijah, the new Elijah, had to come. This angel is telling Zechariah, your baby, your son, is going to be the new Elijah. This is incredible news. This is unbelievable news. And like all ministers everywhere, when they received news like this, they responded in the absolute, perfect, most biblical, completely correct way. And he said, Nuh-uh. What are you talking about? Now, that's not a direct translation. That's more just me. But because he said, How? What? What? And what's interesting is in some English translations, we miss this a little bit. We're going to talk about Mary in a couple of weeks. And in some English translations, their response is exactly the same. But, but how? But you know, and I know, that even if the words are the same, the way that you say them is very different. In the Greek, it's much clearer that these are two very different things, but but we know this, because if you say, honey, how was your day? And she says, fine. That's one thing. But if you say, honey, how was your day? And she goes, fine. You need to understand those are two very different things. So when Zechariah is saying, but how? He's not saying, oh, this is incredible. How can I be a part of what's going on? What he's saying is, there's no way. Uh-uh. This is not going to be it. And I don't, I don't think he's saying this because he's, um, he has no faith. I don't think he's saying this because he doesn't believe that God works and does miracles. I think what you are hearing when he, with his response is you are hearing decades of prayers that have seemed to not go answered. You have heard him beg over and over and over for God to simply do this one thing for Elizabeth and for him. And God seemingly either was silent or kept saying no. Decades and decades and decades. And what I think Zechariah is saying is not, God, I don't believe that you can do stuff. I think what you hear Zechariah's, in Zechariah's voice is that he has given up hope and he doesn't want to accidentally hope again and be hurt one more time. I think what you hear is Zechariah's brokenness and woundedness of saying, I have already prayed for all of that. God closed the door on all of that. I don't, I don't want to even go down that road again. I don't know about you, and I don't know what you have been praying for. 
I don't know what the things are that may have felt like you are shouting at the ceiling and not getting to God at all. I don't know where you have been tempted to let hope go and just sort of settle in the ugh of cynicism, of maybe God does stuff, but it seems like God does stuff for everybody else. Maybe God does answer prayers, but he doesn't answer the big prayers that are most on my heart. I don't know where you are, but I think for many of us, we can resonate with Zachariah's loss of hope and Zachariah's fear. Please don't get my hopes up on something that's not going to happen. Gabriel, the angel, he goes, Zachariah goes, but, but how? How is this going to work? And Gabriel says, I'm Gabriel. I'm God's messenger. I bring the truth of what God is already doing. And then he says, because you didn't believe, your voice will be silenced until the baby is born, which is a punishment worse than death for most ministers that they can't share with you how they're feeling about things. But throughout Elizabeth's pregnancy, he is silent. And then we jump in to what the Druids read today of the baby is born, and Elizabeth says his name's going to be John, just like they were told by the angel, his name's going to be John. And they go, no one in your family's named John. So they go to Zechariah, and that's where he writes down his name will be John. And suddenly he can speak. And when he speaks, what does he do? He starts singing. He starts pointing out. He starts praising God. He starts saying, look, this is going to be the most incredible thing in the world. God is at work. God is moving. You all need to prepare and be ready and pay attention because God is doing something. This is not a man who is lost in hopelessness. This is someone who has been transformed by the song of Christmas. And so part of what we see here, I think, is an invitation for us as well. Because part of what we see here is the invitation to not sit in hopelessness and let that be your song forever. Why was Zacharias silenced? I think it was so that he would stop singing the same song to himself over and over again, and he'd have to stop and listen. He'd have to pay attention to what God is doing. He'd have to try and listen with fresh ears again to the good news that comes at Christmas. I wonder what it would look like if we listened with fresh ears. I wonder what it would look like if we put down our cynicism and our hopelessness, I wonder what it would look like if we gave our requests as fully as we could to God, full-hearted again. Now, uh, I'm not a name-it-and-claim-it kind of preacher. If I was, I'd have a better car than I have now. But, um, okay, that's... <laughs> 2010 Kia Soul is awesome, by the way. So just so you know, the little, my car's fine, thank you. Um, 
<laughs> I had to move it the other day uh, because there were guys coming, people, the city was coming and getting leaves up, and so I had to put it in the parking lot, and Paula Brock came in the next day and said, hey, why'd you drive to work? And uh, <laughs> so, um, but this, this sense of, I can't promise you that this thing that you've been praying for will suddenly happen, but what I can promise you is God is not silent, that God is not deaf. Your prayers aren't bouncing off the ceiling and floating around in here, that God is moving, God is at work, and God is at work here and now. In the same way that God was moving and working and bringing God's kingdom in in these powerful, incredible ways that we read about, God is still active and working and inviting you to participate in that song. In that song, because the song of Zechariah points to a deeper song, the song of God that is at work in Christmas, and it is a song of hope, because God is at work. If you are in the midst of some difficult season, some difficult situation, some problem, some bad thing, that is not the end. God is still moving. God is still at work. And part of what we see is if we can sing a new song, maybe there is a chance for us to see the hope that God wants to bring. This is what Christmas is. This song of Christmas is a song of hope. And where we are tempted to sing the same cynical thing over and over again, even just going through the motions of stand up, sit down, pray, read, do it, go home, it doesn't really matter. What if you really believed that there was power in your prayer? What if you really believed that God heard you and loved you more than you could possibly imagine? And what if you believed the scripture that said God is working all things together for good for those who love him? What if all of those things could be true in your heart at the same time? What sort of difference would that make? What sort of perspective would that bring? What sort of song would you sing? This is what God is inviting us to and what God is calling us to. This is part of the song of Christmas. It's not a song of cynicism. It's not a song of just rote, rotely going through the motions. This is a song of delight and joy, a song of hope, because the God we serve is so good and so loving and so gracious, and God is in the midst of each of our lives. This is the promise and the prayer. And this is the song. Are you ready to join in?